Welcome to the Memory Alpha podcast, the spot where we throw a party for Memory Alpha, the Star Trek wiki, on its 20th birthday. I'm Florian, the one who kicked off the German Memory Alpha when the project was just a spry six month old. Usually my partner in crime, Jan, would be here, but today's show is a bit of a solo jam. No guests, just yours truly. It's a bit out of the ordinary. And guess what? This time it's all about the audio. If you're wondering why, well, there's an audio podcast you can snack on Apple, Amazon and pretty much all your favorite podcast apps. But just so you know, there's also a video version on YouTube, both in German and English. Fun fact, this podcast journey began as a YouTube series before I jumped into the audio scene. That's why I'm calling it the third season, even though you're tuning into the second podcast episode. But hey, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Today I'm dishing out about the nitty-gritty of creating and producing this podcast, spilling the tea on why I started it in the first place. Stick around and who knows, you might pick up some neat tips and tricks for starting your own podcast. So grab a coffee, get cozy and I'll walk you through it. Oh, and if you're feeling extra generous and want to support the project, you can buy me a coffee on ko-fi.com slash memoryalpha20. The link is in the description. Toss in five bucks if you're feeling fancy. No pressure, though. If this podcast tickles your fancy and you want to spread the love, recommending it to fellow Star Trek enthusiasts would mean the world to me. Cheers! Let's rewind to 2004, a time when I was knee-deep in the world of IT as a software developer. One day I stumbled upon a Star Trek wiki and being the tricky I was, the idea of creating my own Star Trek encyclopedia ignited in my brain. Eager to make it happen, I reached out to Memory Alpha's creators, Dan and Harry, to kickstart the German version. Almost instantly, my partner in wiki crime, Jan, hopped on board and together we laid the foundation for the German Memory Alpha. This was the early days of Wikipedia and wikis and the software was like a toddler learning to walk. Jan and I stuck with it for a good four to five years, nurturing it from infancy until the community took over the reins. Similar to what Dan and Harry did, we passed on our admin roles and took a step back. Fast forward to 2023 and the nostalgia hit me like a ton of bricks. I realized that Memory Alpha was one of the most important projects I'd ever undertaken and I couldn't be prouder of how it blossomed over time. Now jump to January 2023. I'm hit with this wild idea of starting a podcast featuring creators and contributors of Memory Alpha to document its history and celebrate its 20th anniversary. Wrangling guests proved to be a bit of a challenge initially. 
While I tracked down Harry and Dan on Twitter, I was hungry for more contributors and admins on the show. So I tossed a thread onto the Memory Alpha 10 forward forum, but the response was a bit crickets. Undeterred, I dug deep and managed to reconnect with my former co-admin Jan. Let me tell you, tracking him down after 20 years was a bit of a detective game, but I pulled off some social engineering magic. Young was game, and it felt like we were back in 2004, starting a project side by side, dreaming big. Enter March 2023, the first recording with Memory Alpha creators Dan and Harry, alongside Jan and yours truly, Florian. We chatted away for a solid two and a half hours, and that's where the podcast adventure truly kicked off. Hi, hello, I'm, I'm Dan. I'm Harry from the Netherlands, as uh, Florian said. I stopped actively contributing around 2006. It was similar for me. You know, it was around 2006, give or take. Well, I posted my original idea on the forums and Dan was working on his own website and he had the knowledge about hosting and running the software. So we came together via the forum and then, yeah, we tried a few different types of wiki. Harry, I, I remember, was the one who posted the idea on the Flare forum. I had just kind of responded with my own background of, of working on an individual database for myself. We just kind of put it together within a couple of months, but there was obviously some trials and there was a false start, as I recall, in the meantime, trying different software. Now let's dive into the behind-the-scenes chaos of setting up the podcast. Jan and I tackled topics and show notes, feeling like rookies in uncharted territory. We engineered a recording setup that was probably more complicated than necessary, but hey, better safe than sorry, right? Picture this. Zero experience in podcasting, recording or producing a show. Total newbies. Podcast hosting services can cost a pretty penny, ranging from 10 to $20 a month. And not knowing how many episodes we churn out, I decided to take the YouTube route. Familiar ground and free. Plus, there's an audience to tap into. Little did I know, video editing is a beast of its own. Our recording setup played out like a symphony of redundancy. Zoom was our go-to conference software for communication, but each of us recorded locally as a safety net. After all, you never know when technology decides to throw a tantrum. The results? Around 80 gigabytes of video and audio data from the four of us. And let me tell you, a decent microphone is non-negotiable for this kind of a gig. Armed with the raw data, I delved into visual design and cutting the footage in three stages. Stage one, syncing the videos quick and dirty, aptly named the rough cut. It served as a sneak peek for guests. A chance for them to nix anything they weren't vibing with. Stage 2, the pre-production, involved crafting virtual cameras, camera cuts, lower third topics and trimming about 10% of the length. 
The final stage, production cut, took the output from stage two, threw in extra graphics to spice up the topics and make subtle cuts to erase the pesky ums and errs, cleverly hidden under graphics and stingers. Brace yourself for this reality check. One hour of work for every minute of produced video. So for a snappy 20-minute video, I was looking at a whopping 20 hours of video editing. But here's the kicker. Video editing wasn't the only time guzzler. I also painstakingly crafted subtitles in both English and German for every single episode. It was a marathon, but hey, we were committed to make it top-notch. Back in the day, I was eager to stick to a weekly video schedule, but reality hit hard. Producing an hour-long video in a week? No way. Planning shows, roping in guests, jotting down show notes and topics. These things don't happen in the blink of an eye. Although, funny enough, I think we might scribble down the topics for your Kilbrand's recording roughly an hour before hitting the recording button. But hey, who's counting? Time constraints led me to kick off with bite-sized episodes of 20 minutes on YouTube. After the initial recording with Memory Alpha creators Harry and Dan in English, Jan and I huddled for a second round in German. It felt crucial to include German recordings, given that both Jan and I are the brains behind the German Memory Alpha and there's a thriving German community led by folks like Jörg Hillebrand. Now let me shine a spotlight on Jörg. If you haven't crossed paths with him, no worries, I hadn't either. Jörg's a Twitter maven, a bonafide Star Trek expert who's been dishing out pictures and screenshots to Memory Alpha and crafting articles for ex Astra Scientia for a cool two decades. Jan wrangled him in for recording in April and here's where we mixed things up. So today's guest is Jörg Hillebrand. He is well known in the uh, Memory Alpha community, probably for his amazing um, 18,000 contributions. He has written uh, several articles on ex Astris Scientia and those who like uh, Twitter can also follow there and have a nice reminder of what the new Star Trek brings. Also the old because I'm also writing about TNG at the moment, so... You're also an uh, administrator on Memory Alpha. Have you ever been involved in any policy discussions there? I haven't actually done anything administrator-wise in eight years, ten years or so. You know, I, I rarely edit uh, anymore. I sometimes add something um, when I, you know, when I find something that I thought nobody else has done <laughs> has done before or has added before, but I'm not really uh, involved in much anymore. We decided to ditch the local audio and video recording setup, opting for the Zoom meeting video to keep things simple for our guest stars. And here's where a big shout out to my producer Anke is due. She handled the technical production, independently recording the Zoom video to have a solid backup in case of any hiccups. Spoiler alert, hiccups happened. During our German recording, I lost internet connection for 
what felt like an eternity but was more like 10 or 15 minutes. The struggle was real but we powered through. Adding to the stellar lineup, I managed to snag Benjamin Stöwe for the German recording. An absolute win. Now, if you're not in the know outside Germany, Austria or Switzerland, let me introduce you to Benjamin. He is a jack of all trades. Voice actor, TV presenter and the curator of the tiniest Star Trek museum nestled in Eberswalde near Berlin, Germany. Oh, and did I mention he's the German voice for Hugh Kalba in Star Trek Discovery, played by the talented Wilson Cruz? Talking to Benjamin left me starstruck and it turns out the feeling was mutual. Benjamin was equally surprised and pumped to chat with Jörg Hillebrand. Speaking of Jörg, I might have forgotten to mention that he's the real deal, officially part of a Star Trek production. Jörg was a research assistant for Star Trek Picard. How did you come to work on Star Trek Picard? I was contacted on Twitter by somebody I didn't know. And then I googled his name and found a Wikipedia article and it was Dave Blass. And then I got the first research requests and started working. You know, re I had to do research on some things that could be seen in an alien bazaar or to write a 101 on Ferengi or um, so many things. I mean, if I just go back through my uh, the, uh, the emails and the things, the stuff um, I put together, so many things that didn't end up in the episode episodes also. Even though Benjamin was pressed for time, he graciously walked us through his museum, caught between two away teams, as he called the visiting tours. Now, scoring a visit to Benjamin's museum is like winning the Star Trek jackpot. Limiting opening days, tickets are as rare as treble on Earth, and a waiting list longer than a Klingon opera. But fear not, there's a virtual tour waiting for you on his website, Raumschiff Eberswalde. Link in the description. And here's the cherry on top. Even if German sounds like Klingen to you, I highly recommend checking out the YouTube episode. Why? English subtitles are there to save the day and you can even auto-translate them into your language of choice. It's a Star Trek journey you won't want to miss. March kicked off the first recording session with Dan and Harry, followed by Jörg's session in April. Picture this. I'm knee-deep in video editing, plotting the next session, reaching out to Memory Alpha admins and contributors, all while juggling the plan to launch a weekly release schedule in May. By the time the inaugural show hit YouTube on May 19th, I was still hustling, editing videos in advance to keep the weekly cadence alive. The launch had a slow burn though. Ideally, I'd shout a project like this from the social media rooftops, but truth be told, I'm not the most active social media bee. Plus, being on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and the whole gang eats up a ton of time. Time I didn't have. Because every ounce of it was poured into video editing. The weekly deadline looming over me acted as the kick in the pants to keep going on. June, however, was a different story. 
motivation and energy took a nosedive and I found myself hitting a burnout wall. I was pretty much a one-person show desperately wishing for a social media superhero. Sadly, neither Jan nor my awesome producer Anke had the time to ride to the rescue. The idea of using ChatGPT for daily Twitter messages popped up, but it didn't sit right with me. Even with AI-generated content, you still need to babysit it and engage on social media. At that point, I seriously contemplated dropping the whole project. Exit stage left. Vanish. It felt eerily similar to my memory alpha days where I bowed out after four years leaving the community. The catch here was, with the podcast, there wasn't even a community. Just Jan, me and Anke somehow chugging along. I hit a point where problems seemed to outweigh solutions. Viewership was way below expectations, the workload was sky high and guest responses were scarce. Editing errors slipped through and I found myself working four to five hours a day from Sunday to Monday. My energy tank was empty. Thankfully, Anke was my cheerleader pushing me to soldier on. I took a breather, days off to recharge my mental batteries. Luckily, I had enough pre-edited videos in the can to maintain the weekly schedule. But honestly, even the schedule lost its importance. I was questioning my life choices, feeling the burnout. Come July, the first English episode with Jörg dropped and it was a game changer. This single episode had as many views as the entire first season, six episodes strong, with Memory Alpha creators Harry and Dan. Jörg's dedicated following on Twitter injected new life into the project, restoring some lost confidence. Suddenly I could dream again. Dream of a third recording session, both in English and German. But here's the catch. What would be the topic? What's the story arc I want to unveil? Let's rewind to the genesis of this podcast project. Back in January 2023, I rediscovered this fantastic venture I kicked off 20 years ago. Imagine my shock to find that the German Memory Alpha was a mere shadow of its former self. Five years ago, the community splintered and many contributors bid adieu. The website underwent a transformation, ads popping up left and right, making it borderline usable. Our beloved web domain, memoryalpha.org, got the boot from the hoster of fandom.com. I couldn't help but play around with a song reminiscent of Gautier's Somebody That I Used To Know with the chorus going And now you're just the wiki that I used to know. The burning question in my mind, what went wrong? Why? And can we make it better? It was time to reach out to Memory Alpha contributors and untangle the mess. 
I wanted to pull off something special for the panel of the third recording session. And given that Jörg and ex Arcel Sciencia's webmaster Bernd Schneider had never crossed paths despite working in the same Star Trek universe, I knew they had to be on board. Toss in a memory alpha contributor and voila. I may not have mentioned it, but I'm beaming with pride over some world's first in my project. In April, I snagged the first interview with Jörg Hillebrand, even though another Trek Zone Network podcast beat me to the punch in releasing their recording. I orchestrated the first ever meeting of Jörg and Bernd. And I introduced the first animated persona on my show in the last German episode. But let's not jump the gun. Let's rewind a bit and dive into the English recording, which went down in August. Now, here's the thing. My knowledge of modern Star Trek is a bit rusty. I tapped out after the 2009 reboot film and my last TV show was Star Trek Enterprise. Luckily, we had fanfiction author Andy Pulistides in the third English recording, fresh off the release of his book, We Have Engaged the Borg. You know, I, I couldn't have written the book without the resources such as Memory Alpha, Memory of Beta, and of course, Ben's fantastic Wolfie Five Nine overview from uh, EAS. Uh, on, honestly, without that, this would have been nigh on impossible. Uh, and then two companies kind of deal with the book side of things. Titan Books deals with the non-fiction Star Trek books, so things like the the autobiographies, uh, the Ains manuals, anything that's mm -hmm. kind of more of a technical bent mm -hmm. uh, yeah. is one of them. And then Simon and Sushla have the, uh, the narrative license for all the fiction books and everything. Mm -hmm. There was some amazing stuff out there. I love, I love the literary universe. I am so salty about what they did in Star Trek Coda. If you ever do a podcast about that, bring me back. The DC Comics are great because they basically have this idea that between Star Trek 3 and 4, they go off and have an entire adventure with Kirk in command of the Excelsior and they do all this kind of crazy stuff. But then when Star Trek 4 comes around, they have to be on Vulcan with a Klingon ship. So they kind of do this whole thing together. I love it. Enter Andy, who opened my eyes to the expansive Star Trek universe with its comics, novels, and a complete lore spun from this books. It was an enlightening chat, giving me a sneak peek into the novel scene. I paired up Andy with Bernd Schneider, the mastermind behind Ex Astre Scientia, and threw in former Memory Alpha admin Schisma. Together they painted a story arc of how Memory Alpha contributes to the creation of new Star Trek tales. Seriously, you can't underestimate the role of Memory Alpha, X, Arsis Sciencia, and other knowledge databases in shaping new shows. Remember when I mentioned Jörg's stint with Star Trek Picard? Well, Harry and Dan scored a credit for Memory Alpha in Star Trek Beyond. And actor, director, producer Simon Peck even reached out to them. I'd already known, we'd already known that he was uh, co-writing the movie, but the email was describing how he'd been using it for all of the references, you know, to make sure that everything kind of fit in, even though it was a different universe, you know, a different timeline, I should say, 
uh, but it was still a, uh, you know, keeping it consistent with, you know, names and places and technology. It's crystal clear why I'm bursting with pride for this wiki and why I set out to document its creation for its 20th anniversary. Schisma was initially meant to be the silent observer, intrigued by the show but feeling he couldn't contribute much. Funny enough, I initially had plans for a British Memory Alpha admin on the panel, but he dropped the bomb just hours before the recording. Cue the frantic reshuffling of the panel and topics on short notice. To add a sprinkle of chaos, I wasn't at home, but bunking with my girlfriend and producer Anker. Thankfully, Schisma stepped up to be in front of the camera and he turned out to be a fantastic addition. All the wikis look exactly the same, just different colors. Uh, the technology got better and we got, we were able to upload vector graphics and uh, things became prettier. Like the resolution of the, the footage, mm -hmm. we, we got, uh, we got high resolution, like DVD resolution. The web became more and more like the thing that I would have expected official websites to be like. And let's not forget Bernd. He can chat about Star Trek for hours and has the most experience dating back to the original series in the 1970s in Germany. Yeah, actually, yes. I, I was already present when it first aired in Germany in 1973. And uh, of course, I noticed all the changes from this, uh, let's say, first generation to the next generation to newest generation. The day after the English recording, we geared up for a record-breaking feat. Up until then, Jan and I had two or three guests at most, but the German recording was set to feature a whopping six guests. Alongside Jörg and Bernd, I brought a German podcast named Vier unter Deck, translating to Four Under Deck. As you might have guessed... They dive deep into Star Trek Lower Decks, boasting a proper audio podcast setup and professional wipes. Meanwhile, Jan and I clung to our dollar store microphones, gaffer taped lighting and good wishes. Having six guests pushed our technical equipment to its limits. Fortunately, they were on board with local audio recordings, easing my load. However, video recordings fell on my shoulders. Each guest was recorded on a dedicated computer on our end, with backup computers on standby. Anke and I juggled nearly a dozen devices. Smartphones, tablets, laptops, desktops. I had my fingers crossed and trusted Anke to keep an eye on all the devices in case something went awry. Surprisingly, it all went off without a hitch. Getting the podcast crew from Fear Unter Deck as guests was a deliberate move to bring in both female and male perspectives. I felt that my project lacked the female viewpoint, given that all my previous guests were men. Tanya, known as Tautau on Twitter, was my entry point and the whole thing snowballed into the fantastic recording we had. Initially, Tanya wasn't keen on being on camera and preferred to maintain her Lower Decks persona as a virtual character. I agreed, but during editing, 
I felt that a static character wouldn't do justice to Tanya's contributions. So I took it upon myself to animate her persona. In just a couple of days, I had the basic animation ready with a bit more detailed work done in the following days. I was stoked to have the first virtual persona on my show. And it didn't look half bad. If I had more time, I would have added head movement and more gestures, but the weekly release schedule for YouTube left me with limited time. As far as I was concerned, my project had reached its natural conclusion. Six recordings, over eight hours of video content covering all the topics I wanted to highlight. Organizing new guests proved trickier than anticipated and there was a shift. I found myself planning shows around the guests rather than the other way around. Typically, you'd research and plan a topic, then invite guests accordingly. But in my case, I felt I was done. So the last German recording became a two-hour episode released on September 30, 2023. Instead of being chopped into several episodes stretched over weeks. From January 2023 onward, I poured my energy into this project, day by day, aiming to create something I could be proud of and give back to the Memory Alpha community that I once called home. And on that note, it was a wrap. While another recording session isn't on the horizon at the moment, the project is far from over. If you have a Memory Alpha story itching to be shared with the community and the world, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on YouTube or Twitter under the handle MemoryAlpha20 or shoot me an email at memoryalpha at outlook.de. I'm all ears and ready for another episode. On the flip side, I've noticed a few shortcuts in the editing, minor errors or not enough cutting. And that's where the director's cuts come in on YouTube. The director's cut is an hour-long version of the entire recording. It boasts slightly improved audio, immensely upgraded subtitles, and is up to 10% shorter thanks to tighter cuts. I call it the director's cut because that's essentially the version I hoped to release initially but couldn't due to time constraints. Remember the weekly schedule? Maybe not the best idea in the end, but it served as a steady motivation to keep pushing forward. Another questionable decision? Opting for video production added to the workload. Having an audio-only podcast would have significantly sped up the process. Of course, having a top-notch setup with a microphone, noise gate and other audio equipment is key to making it pop. Unfortunately, I don't have that luxury. In fact, this project is a zero-budget production. We simply used what we had lying around. Considering the constraints, I believe the videos and audio episodes turned out pretty amazing. When it comes to the audio podcast, it was made possible through the director's cut videos I created. 
the meticulous editing, cutting down the video, eliminating distracting mouse clicks and achieving a tight final cut laid the groundwork for the audio podcast. Ophonic played a role in enhancing the video quality, although with Zoom audio the quality was more or less set from the beginning. Sticking to local audio recordings would have been a better choice. If you are planning your own project, keep that in mind. Initially, I put the audio podcast sub-project on the back burner due to potential monetary involvement. I envisioned building a time capsule for Memory Alpha and I don't want ongoing expenses attached to it. While I understand that hosting comes with costs, I'm not keen on shelling out a yearly fee of $100 or more for just a few episodes consumed by a limited audience. The 20th anniversary of Memory Alpha is a niche topic within Star Trek, which itself is a fraction of sci-fi fandom, and sci-fi is a fraction of, you get the idea. At the moment, I only have about 80 subscribers on YouTube with approximately 100 views per video. It really wouldn't justify a payment. So I sought a free alternative. However, free isn't always synonymous with better. Free software often comes with a promise of freedom. And I appreciate free software. My video editing program, for instance, is Caden Live, a free and open source software that's continuously improving. Until April 2023, when the KDE team released a version that was quite broken, they had to issue a hotfix not even a week later and are still working to minimize the damage. For the podcast hosting, I chose archive.org. Technically, an internet archive where you can share content you think is essential for the world, like a shared library. While I could have used my Dropbox, archive.org felt like a better fit for the podcast. Without a dedicated podcast host, I had to handle all the technicalities myself, from writing an XML file to describe the podcast to submitting it to podcast directories like Apple or Amazon. Here I found Tim Pritlove's project Podlove. Very helpful. All you need is a WordPress instance and you can start publishing your episodes. Setting up a podcast might sound straightforward, but I didn't have a WordPress instance. So I grabbed an old Linux laptop, installed a web server, installed WordPress, installed Podlove, and voila! It created the XML file I needed. This file is the feed your podcast player requires to understand the podcast structure and where to fetch all the assets. If this sounds insanely technical, well, it is. I spent on and off hacking sessions for almost two weeks until I got it sorted. If you were using a podcast hoster like Podbean or Podigy, this wouldn't be an issue and you'd be good to go in no time. So here I am at the moment, nearly a year after the idea first sparked I'm still working to bring it to fruition. 
I believe I've wrapped up the English podcast for now and managed to hit the 20th anniversary mark in November 2023, just in time. And you know what? Another anniversary is on the horizon in May 2024, the German Memory Alpha. By then I plan on having director's cuts and audio podcasts for the German episodes as well. Fingers crossed. What a fantastic journey it's been. The reunion with Jan, my first admin Kobe on Memory Alpha, <laughs> brought back memories. The interview with Jörg was a highlight, showcasing the incredible positivity and love in the Star Trek community. Bernd's wealth of knowledge was awe-inspiring. Andy shared insights into the Star Trek lore that were new to me. Schisma, a former German Memory Alpha admin, shed light on what the platform was like after Jan and I left. The final recording with the German podcast crew Tanja, Daniela, Boris and Arne was a discussion with absolute professionals about the future of Star Trek. Special thanks to my former producer and now girlfriend Anke, who not only handled technical aspects, but also provided constant motivation over the months. This project is truly a community effort. Even though I felt alone in my editing room, it was a collaborative effort for the community. I hope you felt the absolute positivity and enthusiasm for Star Trek and a better future. That's all for now. I encourage you to subscribe on YouTube And if you're feeling fancy, you can sponsor the show on ko-fi.com slash memoryalpha20. Link is in the description. Thanks for listening and I look forward to talking to you very soon. I am Florian and you are awesome. Music in this podcast was provided by Kevin McLeod. He offers a great variety of music on his website incomptech.com. Link in the description. Titles used in this episode were Autumn Day, Double Drift, Finding the Balance, For Origins, Full On, Gone Beyond, Heart of Nowhere and Sidepath. Introductional music on the saxophone was played by Florian Sun Moritz. Thanks again to Dan and Harry and countless contributors to Memory Alpha. This episode was recorded in December, 2023.